It's a real special treat for me to be here with you guys. Um, it's been a while since I've um, actually been able to share the word with you. Once uh, I got married, and my husband Aaron's here with me. For those of you who don't know Aaron, just give a little wave. Um, we are going on, this year will be 10 years of marriage. And um, so once Aaron came into the family, everybody's like, oh, he preaches too? Let's hear from him. And I love hearing my husband preach. And um, so it's, it's been a while that the Lord's had me in the trenches and the foxholes of motherhood, rearing young children. And, um, but just recently, the Lord has been opening more doors for me to minister and share his word. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm very excited to be here with you guys. And um, just a little bit more background information for those of you who don't know me. Like I said, uh, my husband and I have been married for almost 10 years. We have three, three kids. We have an eight-year-old four-year-old, and a two-month-old. Hashtag exhausted. I'm really uh, uh, wanting to continue. I heard that you guys are doing a series, I'm Not Blank Enough. So I want to just continue, I am not sleeping enough today. Um, and so, and I don't know if you know this, but they're all boys. So I don't know if anybody else has an exploding grocery bill. It's just me. But they wake up in the morning, and I'm hungry, and I'm like, again? Like, you just ate everything yesterday. So we have a lot of fun together in San Antonio, and, um, but it, it is a treat to be here uh, with you guys this morning. And as everybody has said, and I hope you've already heard several times today, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. Um, and I know that Mother's Day isn't always an easy day for everybody. There's, there's plenty here who have lost children, and there's plenty here who are celebrating without their mothers. And um, I know what it feels like to be in both of those places. I can relate with you. Um, but I do believe that the Lord has a special word for everybody this morning. And so um, let's go ahead and, and go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Ask him to bless our time together. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord God, and we are just thankful for the opportunity to be your children, God. You are the, the ultimate parent, and you love us with an everlasting love, God, an unconditional love that despite our sin, despite our distractions and the ways that we falter and the ways that we fail, your love is constant. Your love is consistent, God, over us. And this morning, Lord, I just pray your grace over me as I deliver your word, Lord God. I believe that you have given me a word for your church this morning. And so, Father, I pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to, that we would allow your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, God, that you would um, incline our ears to to hear your voice this morning, Lord, and that we would apply your word as we leave here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So with today being Mother's Day, I wanted to share with you all three observations that can be made from the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So being the mom of the Son of God seems like it would put Mary's example just somewhere so far out of reach for us as ordinary moms. Uh, it, 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 because of who she raised, it almost elevates her in our minds to a place where, well, we could never be like Mary, the mother of Jesus. But I want to take another look at what the Bible says. Um, if you'll go with me, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And I want to just set the tone here so that you can understand 
who Mary was and why it is that we can follow her example. In Luke chapter 1, it's the birth of Jesus being announced. Okay. Chapter 1, we're going to go to verse... Let's go to verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So let's pause there. At no point does the Bible ever talk about Mary being perfected, Mary being in a perfect, being the perfect person for the job. What the angel said to her is that you are highly favored. So we can know as women, looking at the example of Mary, that her example is something that we can try to, to look at as something attainable. She wasn't perfect, and I know that um, all, a lot of us have a different, different backgrounds, and there are different religious beliefs out there that would exalt Mary to a higher level, almost like God, and she receives prayers and, and things like that. But Mary was an ordinary girl like you and I. Well, we're not girls, but... She was an ordinary person like you and I. She wasn't perfect, but she was highly favored. So that's why we're looking at her life today. So she was 100% human with a mixture of faith and faults, just like us. And so as we continue to look at the book of Luke, chapter 1, let's go to verse, um, let's continue reading. We're going to see that she receives some information, and it says that it troubled her. Verse 29, verse 30 says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So we see here that Mary receives her pregnancy announcement. I don't know what the situation was like when you found out that you were first pregnant, but I can assure you that you probably did not receive an angelic visitation. It was maybe a a surprise, maybe it was a shock, maybe it was something that was welcomed. But what we can see here and what we can can gather from, what we can... um, see in her life is that she was given a divine assignment. This was an assignment. And I, what I would like for you ladies to understand is that when you found out that you were going to become a mother, in that moment, you were given a divine assignment. So here's the moment that Mary found out that she would soon be a mom. And although the way that she became a mom raised some eyebrows, and it probably started some gossip, because she was pledged to be married, but she wasn't married yet. It did not diminish the fact that she was to become a mom for kingdom 
purposes. So moms, I want you to remember that you didn't just get pregnant. You didn't just have a family. You didn't just have a baby. You were given an assignment and you were given an assignment for kingdom purposes. The angel didn't just tell her that she would be with child, but he also explained the purpose and the plan. Now that's where things get different for us because the Lord doesn't say, Hey, you're, you know, surprise, you're pregnant. And also this is what your child's going to do when they grow up. We walk with our child and we walk with our children and we help them to find their purpose. But Mary right away was given this information as to why she was chosen to carry the son of God. So she became a mom because there was an assignment to be carried out by the child that she was to bring into this world. And I want to tell you the same thing. You became a mom because there is an assignment to be carried out by the child or the children that you have brought into this world. So just like Mary, you are a mom with a divine assignment. And sometimes it's hard. I know. I know it's hard. I know it's hard because you go through the the doctor's appointments and the permission slips and the lunches and the meltdowns and the tantrums, and you forget. And it's so easy for me to forget that this is a divine assignment. My child has a purpose. There is a plan. And I have been called. I have been given this assignment to raise this child so that they can get to where God needs them to be. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to think about your children as I read that again, for they are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for them to do. Okay. I kind of changed that so that you can understand That God has a plan and he has a purpose for your kids to do good works. And if you have a toddler, you're like, I don't see the good works. I just see the bad works. But there are good works that God has prepared in advance for those children to do. And it's our assignment to help them to get there. So just a reminder, mom, that your child, however they made their entrance, regardless of the circumstances surrounding their arrival, they have been created in Christ Jesus to carry out those good works, which God prepared a long, long time ago for them to do. That means that your child was no accident and your child was no surprise to God. In Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So you didn't just become a mom. Nothing just happens. It was a divine assignment over your life. And that's what we can see from the life of Mary is the divine assignment. Something else that that Mary experienced as we continue to read through, there's not a lot that the Bible talks about about Mary, but if you do a, a quick study, you can see that she's mentioned several times in the gospel. So she received divine assignment, and then the second thing that she received was divine direction. And how many of you can say, I need direction from the Lord to raise these kids? So... Um, I just want to share with you that um, when my uncle called me the first day that um, that we spoke and, and we, we were able to work our schedule around, we were in Dallas for my dad's graduation, 
And we were able to work our schedule around to be here this morning. I said, yes, I'll do it. And I started trying to prepare, but kids are running around and stuff's everywhere. And I, I can't even think straight. And I'm writing things down and nothing's really making sense. I'm like, Lord, I, I need your help with this, with this sermon. And I went to bed that night. And that night I had a dream. And I want to share this with you because this dream is where the Lord started speaking to me about what he were, uh, wanted me to share. And in that dream, I, um, I had a newborn, and um, he was in a, a little bassinet, and he was kind of fussing, and I had the pacifier, and I'm trying to get him. But I was a teacher, and I was in a school, and I was in a, like a teacher's lounge, and I'm trying to get him to calm down, and I'm feeling flustered because I'm supposed to be in the classroom. I'm supposed to be doing something else over here. And when I woke up, and, and that was it. And when I woke up out of the dream, the Lord started speaking. I grabbed my phone, and I started writing my notes. And from there, the Lord took me to the book of John chapter 2. So if you'll go there with me. We're going to just hop over to John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. In other words, he's like, And? What does that got to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother, and I think it's obvious here, completely ignoring him, said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So here we have a situation, and remember, Mary's 100% human. Okay, She has her faults and she has her failures, just like we do. We have a situation where Mary sees an issue arise, and she goes to Jesus for the answer. She knows her son. She knows her son Better than anybody else walking the planet. She knows her son. She knows that he's the one who can fix it, and he's the one who can make things right. Remember, this is, this is the mom that received an angelic visitation announcing the birth of her son. This is the mom that saw shepherds come and say, hey, we saw heavenly hosts talking about your son. They were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace and goodwill. And, and, and she saw the Magi coming from the east saying, we saw his star and we come to worship him. She saw all these things happen. So she knew who Jesus was. She knew that he was the answer. She knew full well of his potential. But what happened was that Mary overlooked the process. Just like the dream that I had, she was doing the right thing, but she was doing it at the wrong time. She was saying, hey, look at Jesus. He, this is my son. He can fix it. Do whatever he says. And Jesus is saying, it's not my time yet, Mom. It's not time yet. You're, you're kind of, but okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it because my mom said to do it. But it's not the right time. She knew of his potential, but she overlooked the process. So moms, there's a timing and there's a rhythm to the work that God does in your children's life. 
And because you know your kids and you've raised them, you see their heart, you see their kindness, you see their character, their good character traits, and you know that they can do better. You know that they can do more, and you expect more out of them because you see it in them. But don't forget that God has timing, and he has rhythm, and he has process, and he has plans that he has to take your kids through. And there's going to be mountains, and there's going to be valleys. And as moms, we just want to see our kids on the mountaintops. We just want to see them going from from you know, victory to victory to victory to victory. And the Bible does talk about how we go from glory to glory. But you know what? Sometimes there's valleys that our kids have to go through. Sometimes there's lows that our kids have to go through. And it hurts as parents to see them hurting. It hurts as parents to see them um, not living up to their full potential, maybe not living right. You'd love to see them in church, but they're not in church. You'd love to see them with better friends, but they don't have the right friends. And it's hard to see your kids or, or anybody that you love that's not doing the right thing, just remember that God has a process and God has a plan. And he has them in the palm of his hands. We have to remember that our children are actually his kids. They are on loan to us. And we are just doing our best to manage and to steward the gifts that God has given us. But they belong to him. So just a reminder, moms, that we cannot usurp the authority that God has over the lives of his children. And as the Holy Spirit directs you, I, want, I would want to challenge you to reevaluate the way that you may be directing your children in the words, in the way that you speak. It's very easy, I know, to say, you need to be doing this, what you need to do, what you need to say, what you should be doing, because we see the potential, and we want to just pick them up from here, put them over here, and set them on the right path. But again, they have to go through the process. And so I want to challenge you to, perhaps God is challenging you to change your conversation. Instead of saying what you need to do or what you should do, maybe say things like, what do you think God is saying about this? Because instead of just giving them a statement, and they're like, okay, mom, okay, mom, all right, I will, I'm trying. You're challenging their thinking because they're walking off and they're thinking, what is God saying? I don't know. I'm going to start praying about it. What do you think God is saying to do next? Or maybe you could say, I'm going to help you pray that God would show you the next step. Because I feel like God's shown me what you should do. But I need for you to pray for God to show you. Because what we need to do as parents, as mothers, the most important thing that you can do is not train your child to hear your voice, but train your child to hear the voice of God for themselves. Because you know what, moms? We're not going to be there forever. We're not going to be there forever. We wish we could go to college with our kids. We wish we could sit in the classroom with our kids, but we can't. We wish we could go to the movies with our kids, but they would not want that. They would run the other way. It reminds me of my, my middle son, Ben, four years old. Um, he saw his peepaw graduate, and um, my aunt was talking to him about, well, Ben, one day you're going to go to college. He's like, yep, I'm going to go to college, and peepaw's going with me. 
And so I told him, okay, when he's 18, we're going to ask him again to see if he wants his peepaw to go with him to college. And we wish we could be there for every moment to be like, hey, stop talking in class. Pay attention. Don't, no, he's not a good friend. Don't know. We're not going to be there for every moment of their lives. They have to learn to hear the voice of God for themselves. And it starts now. What is God saying about this? What, is God, what do you feel like God is, is saying through this? I'm going to help you pray that you would hear from the Lord on this situation. Remember that God has to take them through a process where he does in them what only he can do. We are limited in what we can do. We can feed our children. We can clothe our children. We can, like my brother used to say to my mom, can you, can you spot me 20? Can you spot me 20? We can spot them 20 over and over. But only God can do a work in the inner parts of their heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do a work in the mind, the renewing of the mind, the renewing of creating a new heart. Only the Lord can do that kind of work. So let's just be reminded that we can be the parent, but we need to let God be God in their lives. Divine direction. And then Mary experienced divine adoption. We saw that at the announcement of Jesus' arrival, Mary received divine assignment. But now at the death of Jesus, we've seen divine adoption. So if you'll go with me to the book of John, we're going to go to uh, chapter 19. And we're going to see once again where Mary receives some more direction from the Lord. John chapter 19, we're going to go to verse 25 through 27. says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And before I go any further, let me, let me just stop here because I wanted, this is something that crossed my mind as I was preparing, and I, and I do want to share it. It says, near the cross of Jesus. I want you to be reminded that at this time, Everybody that was saying hallelujah, everybody that had been healed, everybody that had walked with Jesus in his ministry, even his disciples at this point had left him. They had fled. They were nowhere to be found. They were, they were even denying that they knew him. But near the cross of Jesus, you could find his mom. And I just want to to speak to any mom that has a child that's going through a dark place whether it be spiritually whether it be emotionally matter whether it be mentally you need to be cl- as close as you can to your child and i know that can be hard i can understand that that can be hard if you have a strong-willed child or a child that they they don't want you around Every child needs to, even if they don't show you that they desire for you to be right next to them, they need to know that my mom is right there. My mom is close by. Even, even if maybe I'm showing that I'm rejecting her, I'm rejecting her love, in the back of their mind, they know mom is right there. 
So I want to encourage you, if you have a child that's going through a dark place, uh, again, in, in whatever kind of in whatever kind of way, be the kind of mom that says, you know what, son, I'm right here. You know what, daughter, I'm right here. No matter what, I, I, know, I know how you feel. I know what you said, but I just want to let you know, mom's right here. She was close. She was near the cross of Jesus. Let's continue reading verse 26. It says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Divine adoption. So while Jesus was on the cross, bruised, bloody, dying, he finds, he sees his mother, and he tells Mary to look at her son. And son, look at your mother. Now, Jesus could have easily said to John, John, I'm dying. I need you to take care of my mom. But he doesn't just say that. He gives Mary instructions as well. He says, Mom, behold your son. So what Jesus is essentially saying to her is, just because I am gone, just because you no longer have me as a son, doesn't mean that you should stop being a mother to someone. Here is another assignment. So he was directing her to continue to be a mother to someone else, even in her son's absence. So maybe the Lord has been speaking to somebody here in the church about being a foster parent. And maybe you've, you've talked to your, your spouse about it, and you've talked about it back and forth, and you've prayed about it. I just want to come here to say maybe it's time that you do something about it. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you for a purpose, and maybe your kids are grown and they're out of the house. Maybe it's time that you start asking the Lord for another assignment. Maybe it's a college student that's visiting your church. Maybe it's a college student that you know of that's miles away from home, that they're alone on their birthdays or Maybe it's an international student that they're not able to go home for the holidays. Maybe it's a military member that's visiting your church or somebody that you work with. And it doesn't have to be, it could be a child in the church. It could be someone that you know of in your community. It could be a teenager. It could even be a young adult that you know, hey, they don't have a a mother figure or a father figure in their life. Maybe God's calling you to another assignment. It doesn't require much Time, it doesn't require much money, it doesn't require much effort to be a parent to somebody who's missing their parent. It could be a home cooked meal for, for a student that's eating McDonald's every day, ramen noodles. Hello, I've been there, Doritos for breakfast. It's a birthday card. Sometimes it's just a hug. Sometimes it's just a hug from a mom to make a kid feel so much better. All it is is an opportunity to show God's love through motherhood. Divine, the opportunity for divine adoption is all around us if we're looking. So the three things that we can gather from the life of Mary, divine assignment. That means that we walk through the highs and lows of each day 
with the knowledge that we are carrying out a God-given assignment. Divine direction means that we recognize that the children in our homes belong to the Lord. He has a plan and a purpose for them, and it's our job to encourage them to hear from God for themselves. And divine adoption means that we eagerly look for and make ourselves available to children, teens, or adults who, for whatever reason, have no mother figure present in their lives. Again, Mary was just an ordinary woman, but God used her to do extraordinary things. And I want to encourage you moms that in the rut and in the daily grind of what we do day after day, that there is something spectacular about the assignment that God has given you. He's given you opportunities for moments of greatness, for moments of his presence where you're just able to connect with your children or those adopted children that he's put in your life where you can make a difference. And you know what? When your kids get older, they're not going to say, hey, mom, remember when we went to, you know, here and there and you you spent all the money. They're going to say, mom, remember when we made that cake? And it was a total fail. There were eggshells. That was the best day ever. Those are the things that, that our kids will remember. Those are the moments that God just smiles upon, that he just sends down his blessing. Those are the moments in motherhood that just make all the difference in the lives of our children. So I'm going to ask everybody, if you would stand together with me, I want to pray for all of the ladies in here today. I just want to remind you that motherhood wasn't just an afterthought to the Lord. Motherhood was carefully thought out, and it was a design. It was something created by God. It's a beautiful thing that God created. And I want to remind you that you were not created, moms, to be perfect. I know that a lot of times we struggle with, man, my house is a mess. My, I don't know, get a, get a shirt from the hamper. How many times have you said that? Or just me? We are not designed to be perfect. God has never called you to be perfect. There's no perfect mom. We all have flaws, and we all experience failure. But God promises us in his word to continually guide us. And I want to share this verse with you guys. This is my favorite verse. This is a verse that I've loved since I was a little girl. And I want to share with you moms this morning. This is from the Lord to you this morning. It says, I will instruct you. And teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I want to let you moms know you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. But the Lord is calling us to continue with motherhood in purpose, with purpose, with assignment. Remembering that this is a calling. This is a ministry. Motherhood is a ministry. And those kids in your home, those are the ones that we minister to. So if for everybody standing, if you can find a mom or a lady close to you, 
maybe it's your mom or maybe it's your wife or maybe it's a lady here in the church that you know is a mother, if you would just lay your hand on them, grab them by the hand or put your arm around them, and can we pray over them? I'm going to pray, and if you'll just, if we'll all just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we, we love you, God, and we thank you for the gift of motherhood, Lord. With all of the struggles that it comes with, God, with all of the trials, with all of the sacrifice, God, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing that you have designed. What a gift, God, that you have given us in the gift of motherhood. And God, I pray for every single mother that is here today, Lord. Mothers who feel like they they just can't keep up, God, or mothers that feel like they just can't get it right, or mothers that feel like maybe that they're not useful anymore. God, we know that you have given divine assignment to each and every one of us, Lord. And Father, I pray for the mothers that are in the middle of it, God, in the trenches of motherhood. God, I pray that they would be strengthened this morning, Lord that they would feel your love and the love of those around them, God, that they would walk out of here feeling refreshed, ready to take on another day of motherhood, God. Father, I pray for those mothers who who feel like maybe they're not as useful as they used to be, God. I want them to be reminded, remind them this morning, God, that there is still divine assignment over their life, God. And I pray, God, that through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would send them another assignment, God. That you would send them another child that's in need of a mother, God. Whether it's through the legal system, Lord, or it's through the church or in their community, Lord, that they would find a child, Lord. That the Holy, the Holy Spirit, that you would highlight a child for them that's in need of a mother's love, God. Father, we pray a special blessing over all the mothers this morning, Lord. That you would strengthen them, Lord God. That you would show them your peace, Lord. That you would go before them, God. And that they would be highly favored this morning, God. We love you and we thank you, Jesus, for each and every woman that is here this morning, Lord. For the plans and the purposes that you have designed and put inside of them that they would be brought to fruition, God. We know that you'll do it, God. No plan of yours will, can ever be thwarted, God. It says in your word. We love you and we thank you, Lord.